Express FM. Supported by Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! What a pass! A wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. Absolutely thrilled to be here. You know, everything that I was expecting coming into the city and coming into the football club has been matched and more. Action and reaction. I think you probably saw on the pitch that there was a lot that we'd worked on in a short space of time. I think it's really good positive signs for the future. Certainly really excited to be playing under him and excited for what we can achieve this season now. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's been immensely frustrating to still be in League One after six years. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a lot long time ago and it's stagnating we've got to get out of this division and into the championship full steam ahead for the blues who come from a goal behind to be informed bolton wanderers in midweek ball to come in towards the penalty area from rafferty it's a good delivery can bishop get there towler yes riley towler what a delivery that was from rafferty Riley Towler with his first and second Pompey goals on Tuesday night, opening plenty of doors for John Bacino's side to continue their pursuit of a late playoff charge. We'll tonight hear from the Blues defender who sums up his emotions after opening his Pompey account. I can't believe it. I never scored goals anyway, so to get to in front of the front end is some feeling. The fans were brilliant from minute one to the end. No better feeling for scoring in front of the front end. Head coach John Bacino himself will also feature, explaining the tactical thinking behind that impressive victory against the Trotters. Trying to keep the same shape, we didn't want to go gung-ho and go all out and then go 4-4-2 and just go a bit too direct early on, and thankfully it paid off. Between now and seven, you'll be getting reaction to that win and a preview of tomorrow's trip to Cambridge United. The Pompey women are also back this weekend. They take on Nottingham Forest in the National League Cup semi-final on Sunday, and we'll be hearing why captain Dan Rowe believes their performance against London City Lionesses in the FA Cup in January will help with their preparation for this encounter. It's proven that we can compete with the teams in the Championship. So, again, if, if we play like that, then I have absolutely no doubt that we'll be OK on Sunday. We'll also hear from boss Jay Sadler, who will be helping us look ahead to his side's big game at Holbrook Stadium. Let's part the league for a minute. And this is a welcome distraction. We want to go to a cup final. We want a cup final. We want to book that for our fans. We want to take them there. And, yeah, we are putting some expectation on us to try and get there. We know we've got the quality. It's an episode you definitely will not want to miss a second off. So strap in, get comfortable and stay tuned for this Friday night edition of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and welcome to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM brought to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. You can download their app right now from the Apple app and Google Play Store. You can prepay for your ticket and even track your bus on a live mapping system as well. So this evening, myself and my two studio guests will be on hand to review all of the events from Pompey's 3-1 victory over Bolton Wanderers in mid- midweek. We'll come on to look ahead to their next challenge, Cambridge United await at the Abbey Stadium tomorrow afternoon and then a little later on in the show we'll come on uh, to preview in great detail a massive, massive game for the Pompey women on Sunday they take on Nottingham Forest in the FA Women's National League Cup semi-final away from home we'll hear as you've just heard there from both Captain Dan Rowe and Head Coach Jay Sadler. As always between now and 7 o'clock Pompey fans we want to hear from you as well. 81400 is our text number, start your messages 
with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com or use at expressfm on Twitter. And alternatively, there's facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. But before we go any further with this evening's show, should we have a reminder of how things went down at Fratton Park on Tuesday? I think so. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Chilton scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. And it's Portsmouth trying to beat a Bolton side who have already beaten them twice this year in the EFL Trophy and in the league. Now we can get this game underway. Into the penalty area towards Bishop, lays it off for Jacob. Back across goal, loose in the box, and it'll fall kindly for Bolton, who scrambled away badly. It's Ogilvy, right for the shot block. There for Curtis, chips it over the bar. Chance goes begging, still nil-nil. Bolton goal kick, but Bolton work it back to James Trafford. Their goalkeeper is on loan from Manchester City. He's given it straight to Dale. A chance for Dale round the goalkeeper. He can't finish it the first time. Can he in the second? Oh, that must be a penalty. It must be. And the referee says corner. How is that not a foul on Dale by the defender? Bishop is pleading his case. Dale can't believe he's not scored. It's a corner. Poppy coming forward. Ogilvy, chance to cross into the penalty area. Stood up towards Bishop. Win the header that he needed to. Good defending from Tall. Right, Bolton to deliver in towards the end of the six yard box. Dangerous headed down. Is it going to go in? It has gone in. And Bolton has taken the lead. And it's Santos who seems to be claiming the credit along with Dion Charles. I think it's Charles. And he's being pulled away from their supporters. But the ball has found its way into the back of the net. It's Porto Dil Bolton 1. Ball to come in towards the penalty area from Rafferty. It's a good delivery. Can Bishop get there? In whips off the ball and headed onto the roof of the net corner kick. Right footed ball into the far post. Ragged trying to attack it. It's into the net. And Riley Towler's done it again. This time a side footed finish back across the goalkeeper. Another set piece goal for Pompey. A night to remember for Riley Towler. Portsmouth 2, Bolton 1. Corner comes in towards the near post. for Bishop takes it on. Second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. There you go then, the highlights of Tuesday's 3-1 victory over Bolton Wanderers at Fratton Park. What a victory that was uh, for the Blues. There were three other games uh, in midweek. Derby County, 2-0 winners over Cheltenham Town. Lincoln City, believe it or not, drew at home to MK Dons, 1-0. And Peterborough United, 0 Charlton Athletic, 0. So the League One table looks like this. Pompey, with that 3-1 victory, jumped from 10th to 10th. Uh, they're now on 
48 points, just three points behind Shrewsbury and Peterborough with a game in hand. Tomorrow's opponents, Cambridge United, uh, not quite rock bottom, but they're not far away. They are 23rd on 29 points, two away from safety. Right, time to digest everything we saw uh, from Tuesday night at Fratton Park. And to help me to do that this evening, I've actually got not one, but two studio guests. No one joining over the phone lines tonight. No gremlins in the system. No dodgy connections or anything. Uh, Joe Wood, first of all, from the 1898. Pleasure as always. Yeah, good to be here again. Always always enjoyable. And we get to talk about a win this we, time. Yeah, we get to talk about a league win. A league win, because yes. Because quite often you come on after a, a Papa John's Trophy game. Yeah. Um, but no, league <laughs> victory. Uh, and not just a league win, Joe. We had a league win last Saturday against Cheltenham, arguably a team that you'd expect Pompey to beat. Yeah. But Bolton Wanderers in hot form coming down to Fratton Park taking the lead Pompey had that initiative and the attitude to actually turn it around and win it and win it comfortably yeah Joe Morrell said before the game didn't he that they needed a statement win and I don't think you uh, get much better than beating Bolton (laughs) 3-1 at the moment they are the form team in the league or one of the form teams in the league to go 1-0 down um, and then show that, that spirit and that fight back is something that we've wanted to see from this side for quite a while and for them to deliver it against a side like Bolton is is a really really impressive feat and a testament to what Massinho's yeah. putting together yeah uh, Blake O'Neill also joins us for the football hour this evening Blake good evening thanks for having me again Jake nice to be here not a problem at all and as Joe's alluded to already um Actually, some, some nice positive things to be talking about tonight and a win over Bolton Wanderers. First of all, um, we'll talk about the goals. 1-0 down, Pompey went. And then in the second half, it all happened in the second half, 0-0 at half-time. Um, it was Riley Towler um, who headed in the equaliser against the end, And it was at that stage at one all Blake, you thought, OK, this Pompey team are, are doing something a little bit differently than they were under Danny Cowley. Yeah, definitely. I think the one thing that I think I highlighted straight away was... Under Cowley, I think we probably wouldn't have pushed on as much as we did after that equaliser. You notice, I think it was Jacobs who came off. Cowley might have brought on Lowry and, and sat back a bit, but the moment that equaliser went in, he, I think he brought on Scarlett, mm-hmm. which alludes to the fact that he knew he wanted th- he wanted three points. Yeah, and, and we went and got it. And what a what a moment for Riley Towler, um, Joe. Not just the equaliser, um, but also the second goal as well. The game was um, sealed by Colby Bishop back in in, in goal scoring form with a, a nice cheeky little flick um, in injury time from a corner. And that goes to show that this Pompey team we were talking about it off air um, pre-show. Not only did they come back and find a way to level the game up take the lead but they actually made it comfortable and we actually had a an, an unnervy I'd say sort of final five ten minutes or so yeah you, you kind of with Pompey you sort of expect a, a five ten minute goal mouth scramble at the end when they when we're sort of two one up mm. but for them to go and actually extend that lead and and make it their own as it were it, really I think it shows a development in in this side and and this group of players um, you, you mentioned Towler scoring twice there. That doesn't look like a twenty-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that lo- that looks like a, a much more seasoned player. And we've seen players that have come into the club that have been much older, way more experienced, yeah. that have just not thrived and have wilted under the under the pressure. He just looks like he doesn't care in the, in the nicest way possible. <laughs> you know, like it like nothing could affect him. Yeah. And I think it's really that, that's a massive positive for the yeah. club. Quality player, Blake. Definitely. Just to pick up on the point you mentioned there, 
one of which of the centre backs you've got that are experienced will be facing tomorrow Michael Morrison <laughs> yes born yeah. in the summer and straight back off in January and Riley Taylor I think I compared him to, to one player and it's a big comparison but it's Matt Clark he seems to have filled the void that no one else has filled since yeah, since he's great, left. Great shout. Yeah. Okay, then let's hear from the man himself, shall we? Riley Towler spoke to Henry Port after his two goals helped Pompey to a 3-1 win over Bolton on Tuesday night. Riley, we'll get your two goals shortly, but a 3-1 win today. What a comeback. Describe the performance. Yeah, the boys was quality. We digged in deep. We obviously went 1-0 down and we carried on going. We worked hard. We battled. We obviously won our tackles, headers, and thankfully we got the three points in the end. Going a goal down originally would have taken a lot of mentality, a lot of strength to come back from that. How how important was that to get the result? The boys just kept going. We didn't we didn't let that phase us. We carried on going. We carried on battled, and I knew he was going to get one in the end. And thankfully, we got a few, and he got the win. A few courtesy of yourself as well. Talk us through the goals. I can't believe it. I never I never score goals anyway. So to get two in front of Fratton and some feeling, yeah. Describe it to us. Obviously, the two came from set pieces, but three two headers there. So really important to get those tonight. Yeah, the first one obviously Raffs with a quality ball on it put on my head so it made it a bit easier and in the second one again Joe Morrell with a quality ball in and I was like the back stick to tap it in but yeah to do that in front of Fratton and to get the win as well the most important thing so buzzing yeah and obviously all three goals came from set pieces tonight how important was that in the build up just shows how important set pieces are in the game obviously we conceded one as well but um, the goals we scored all from set pieces but we working it on training every day and it, the balls have been brilliant yeah interesting celebration as well with the L shape describe that and what was the thing behind that it's a little, is a is a little thing. A group of mates we do. All I'm going to say is basically, it's a thing in what our mates do, and I basically say that is large. So, so the boys said when I if I score, I'll do that in front of fans. So, basically, yeah, it's large. You got to do it twice tonight as well. Yeah, definitely. Only done it in the first goal, but yeah, some feeling. Yeah. Colby got on the score sheet as well. Uh, wrapping up the, the game, how important was was that to seal the game, the game today? He's been brilliant. He's not just his goals, the hold up play to play up to him. It helps me out. If I haven't got anything on, I could always play up to him, but he deserved that goal tonight because it's definitely been coming. Just finally explain how it felt when the full time whistle went, you were able to celebrate the win with the supporters tonight. Yeah, some feeling the fans were brilliant from minute one to the end. Definitely when I scored a few goals as well, but no better feeling in front of scoring in front of Fratton and in the whole stadium. It was quality, yeah. What a guy, Riley Taylor. It's large. <laughs> it's it's large, Joe. One of many, um, <laughs> many funny quotes from Riley Taylor. And um, we mentioned about how, how good of a, a defender he is. Now clearly a goal scorer, but the mentality and the attitude that he's shown as well since his since his arrival from Bristol City. Yeah, like I say, it just looks like nothing bothers him, and I think that's the perfect sort of um, attitude and and philosophy to have in a in a place like this um you know pompey we we as a fan base we have a tendency to get really high on our side and get really low on our side and and for somebody like him to be very neutral and not really let anything affect him is going to be great going forward because it when uh, john massino highlighted his mistakes the other week when that happens i think it's going to be water off a duck's back he's not really going to bother it's not going to worry him and he'll just carry on i think you see some players where that those changes in emotions really do affect them um and and for him to be like that at 20 again <laughs> 20 yeah. is is really positive yeah linda mail on the emails got in touch then the game uh, the win on saturday was good but tuesday's night tuesday nights was even better against an informed team when we went to goal down you feared the worst but it seemed to actually inspire them it was probably raggett's best game for a while and riley towler is getting better and better each match it just goes to show how much we've missed joe rafferty who by the way still not lost a game in a pompey shirt um all the players deserve the man of the matches it was 
was a great team performance. I wonder if Oxford regret letting John Messino go um, after what just happened there. I must admit, I thought John, um, who um, wouldn't have been a great appointment, but he has turned this team around, says Linda Mail on the email, getting the best out of the players. Right, it is time for a very quick break now, as I'm conscious we are limited for time this evening. So, so much to get through here on Express FM before 7 o'clock. But fear not, as after the break, we'll be hearing the post-match thoughts of the gaffer, John Messino, who thanks for support of the Frat and Faithful for getting his team over the line on Tuesday night. The place had a lot of energy and all of a sudden we found ourselves 1-0 down at home against one of the best sides in the league. And all I heard then from the Frat and, and, and everywhere around the stadium was a huge reaction. It just it definitely lifted me. It clearly lifted the players. Uh, they didn't get their heads down. They got right back into the game. More from the Super John, as well as more from Joe and Blake when the Football Hour returns after this quick break. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, or just enjoying late-night bus rides, from 7pm every day, you can take advantage of a Night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome along to part two of tonight's instalment of uh, the Football Hour on Express FM. It's not the instalment of Express FM on the Football Hour. It's the Football Hour on Express FM brought to you by Stagecoach Across the South. Okay, so far here on the show this evening, myself, my two guests, Joe Wood and Blake O'Neill have been reviewing what was an excellent game of uh, association football at Fratton Park on Tuesday night. Blake, Pompey, 3-1 winners over Bolton Wanderers. Um, We've spoken about Riley Taylor and the influence he's had since his January arrival but a player who prior to Tuesday night had gone uh, four matches without scoring a goal back on the score sheet in midweek is uh, is Colby Bishop and that will be something that will do him uh, the world of confidence you love to see it you that's, absolutely that's do pretty much all I can yeah. say he, he's, I think he got a, a few unnecessary critics over the past four games whereby he was still having good performances but because mm. of the miss at Lincoln and he did miss a chance at, at uh, the Cheltenham home game but he got two assists in that game against yeah. Cheltenham he is the key pivotal point to Messino's style of play. He's using him brilliantly. And goals come eventually. Yes, the goal on Tuesday night was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Gianfranco Zola-esque. He just <laughs> flicked it behind him, back of the net, done. Yeah. And it's all he needed to do. Yeah. Joe, I know, I know as we are a little bit conscious on time this evening, because we have got a lot to get through, I know you've taken a lot of notes from Tuesday's mm. game. There's a, there's a few things you want to share in terms of stats, uh, facts as well to yeah. maybe whet the appetite of Pompey fans so, who might still have a bit of belief that the playoffs might be a, a possibility. Yeah, I just want to kind of... Uh, we all like to, to... Like I said earlier, we get too high and we get too low on this team. Just for a... We've, we've taken 17 points from 27 possible in John Messino's reign. That doesn't sound great, but in context, if you look at that as an average of almost two points per game, you take that to the end of the season, where Pompey have 14 games left, that's 28 points. You finish with 76. Mm. With 76 points in nine of the last 10 seasons, that's enough to get you into the playoffs. Now, you also take that further and say that, well, nine games is a reasonable sample size. Mm -hmm. If Pompey played next season in the same clip of points that's 92 points with that total in the last 10 years you'd have won the league twice and gained automatic promotion seven times now of those last 14 games we've got 
Pompey play all of the bottom five, Accrington twice, and eight of the bottom ten. There is absolutely no reason that this side cannot go on a good run and put a real promote playoff charge together. It's possible. And I've ne- I didn't think I'd be saying <laughs> this when I was sat here talking about Bolton last time yeah, I was here because yeah. that was awful. I think what Joe's trying to say, Blake, is Pompey going up. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think he's saying we're the, turning into Blackpool, aren't we? Yeah, the, the special John is um, sneaking a last-minute playoff push, and we're going to happen. We're going to be that side, but finishes sixth, and got to happen. You, you never know. I'm saying there's a chance, boys. There's a chance. <laughs> I will invite you back at the end of the season, and we will review this. In I'll bring great a crown detail. if it does happen. T- uh, yeah, fine. I'll for take who? that for John Messino or for everyone. For Crowns for all. Crowns for and all. And a magic hat for Kirby Bishop. He's already got one, Blake. He's already got He's one. He's got many. Right. Going to turn Blake off. He's being silly now. Right, time now to hear from the Blues head coach, John Mussino, the special John, who was first asked by Max Swatton after a full-time whistle in midweek for his summary of the game, which saw his side reign victorious by three goals to one. I found it to be a really special night at Fratton Park and one of the things I think that summed up the, the night for me was when we went 1-0 down and we'd come out after half-time with, um, with a lot of the, the place had a lot of energy and all of a sudden we found ourselves 1-0 down at home against one of the best sides in the league and all I heard then from the Fratton end was earth and, and everywhere on the, on the, um, around the stadium was a huge reaction it just it, it definitely lifted me it clearly lifted the players uh, they didn't get their heads down they got right back into the game and, and exactly that a really special night and, and the more of those we can have here the better you made a slight tactical change late in the second half bringing Dane Scarlett on just explain that one and how it changed the game yeah so I mean we wanted to keep the same shape because we felt that Bolton were dangerous enough with, with Morley as their six dropping in and dictating play and so the, the message to Dane was to make sure that defensively he stayed on Morley um, but also he he offered he offered something different uh, to, to what we had and he can sort of break beyond and, and pick up a lot of the balls coming off Colby because I thought Colby had a really good night up against one of the, the league's best centre-halves um, and it was really about that it was getting getting Dane as an attacking threat running beyond and yeah he, he made a real difference um, so yeah trying to keep the same shape we didn't want to go um, gung-ho and go all out and, and go 4-4-2 and just go a bit too direct early on and thankfully it, it paid off Riley Towler if you're going to get your first goal you might as well get your second how pleased are you with his performance and how must he feel, be feeling right now yeah I mean I think he's, he's absolutely he's, he's ecstatic he's, he's thrilled he's such a nice kid Riley and uh, and he's, he's worked really hard and uh, since you know, since I think he's been in the building and, and certainly since I've come in and, and, and it's brilliant if you can add that sort of threat to your game as a centre half then uh, you, you go in places you know that's that's one of the things that we, we want from obviously all of our players more goal contributions but um, particularly centre half so you can get a few um, from set pieces every season then uh, you, you know you're in a, a really good spot so um, yeah really pleased for him Colby Bishop with the third goal how important is that for him? Yeah, uh, I mean, it, I suppose it will be for him internally, but again, it does make a difference to me. Um, you know, with in terms of Colby's performances, that's what I'm focusing on. It does make a difference to me because I want us to, I want him to score, and want to win games. But it's Colby's performances that I'm focused on. It's it's what he does for the rest of the side and, and what a nuisance he causes, and and it's a nuisance with a lot of quality. He's not just a big man that we, we hit it to and he, he can't he can't trap the ball. He can do, he can do he can do a lot to be honest. Um, and so, yeah, brilliant. Really, really pleased for Colby because I know not nothing's coming come from me, but I, I know there's been a bit of pressure building because of the chances he had in the last couple of games. And yeah, to get that goal, hopefully that just lifts that monkey off his back and and he goes on to you know, score many more. Three set pieces, three goals. How pleasing is it to see the hard work on the training ground pay off? 
Uh, yeah, uh, re- really, really pleasing. I mean, it, from from my point of view, the uh, the hard work comes from from the performance that we, we put in for for 90 minutes. To be honest, particularly the reaction from the goal. Um, if we're looking at the specifics in, in digging in, that's uh, that's Joe Prodomo that, that deserves the credit for the set pieces. He spends a huge amount of time doing them, and he puts a whole a whole lot of detail into it that just makes my life a lot easier because of um, the amount of the amount of work and the amount of time he takes off it and it's brilliant to be able to trust someone who's that good at doing it and has got that much knowledge and, and more importantly the lads um, you know the lads love him they, they take on board what he says clearly and um, it's it's really really pleasing from, from that point of view because set pieces are massively massively important What's the mood like in the dressing room after that one? Yeah I mean it's, it's probably as you can imagine they're, they're all ecstatic and um, it's one of the one of the strange things in football that you need to try and harness that that energy and, and the joy and, and everything that they've they've sort of shown in there tonight. But also just make sure that we yeah, keep our feet on the ground. It's, it's you know, without um, without being putting too much of a dampener on it. It's yeah, make sure you you go again. Um, you have to do the right things and you have to recover tonight, recover tomorrow, and, and come back in on Thursday ready to go again because we've got a really big game again on Saturday. And yeah, I know I, I said to the lads, I sound a bit like a broken record saying that but unfortunately it's true so yeah really brilliant atmosphere and, and hopefully they enjoy it but uh, not for too long and they're back in training on Thursday and just one final one from me Tom Lowry returned to the squad tonight didn't manage to get on due to the context of the, the late drama but how pleasing is it to see him finally make his return to the squad yeah brilliant I know we've been managing Tom for a number of weeks now and uh, we've been you know, hoping to, to get him back in the fold and, and tonight seemed like the perfect night. We thought that if we needed something different, then Tom would be the one where we could um, we could bring him on and he was very close to coming on and, and before we before we scored the goal. And then it just you know, it turned into a game where I thought we were really on top with the players that we had on, on the pitch at that time. So, um, yeah, uh, Tom will get his chances, no doubt about that, but he's been excellent in terms of uh, his preparation coming back, the way he's trained, the way he's worked, and obviously we all know about the quality that he has and, and I'm sure we'll see very soon. John Bassino speaking after Pompey's 3-1 win over Bolson on Tuesday night. The beeping in the background sounds like he's in McDonald's. I can promise you he wasn't. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Blake, before we do come on to sort of look ahead to, to Cambridge tomorrow, um, it does sort of tie in. We saw on Tuesday night Tom Lowry was back. Yeah, that's right. Tom Lowry back. Um, back Beautiful. in blue. Back on the bench um, for the first time since Hereford away in the FA Cup. We've learned since then that he obviously had the, the hamstring injury from the Peterborough game, was out for a, quite a considerable amount of time, ignored advice from doctors and, and you know medical team ahead of the Hereford game, came back in, aggravated it, and has been out ever since. He was on the bench on Tuesday night. He was stripped down, ready to come on alongside Paddy Lane, and then uh, Riley Towler ruined it by, uh, how dare he, scoring. Um, so we didn't see Tom Lowry on Tuesday night. My question to you, given that performance, given the result, do Pompey A, go unchanged at Cambridge tomorrow, or B, make one change in Tom Lowry? Oh, it is a big question. Obviously, Tom Lowry is probably, of what we've seen of him, our best technical player. I think I saw a stat, until he, until he went off against Plymouth, he'd won every game he'd played. So not even like Rafferty being unbeaten, he'd won every game he'd played. However, as much as it is Cambridge, they're 23rd, you can't take any risks. Pompey are the, the fourth worst away side since the start of November. Cambridge are one of them, but that, that, they're at home. Yeah. So we have to go and get a win on a Saturday. Realistically, you keep any form you've got, no matter who it's against, who you're playing, you keep the players the same. Larry, I think is one that if we're one up, two up half-time, you get Lowry on. Mm. If we need a goal, you get him on against Cambridge for as long as you can. Yeah. 
maybe 45 minutes, half hour, 45 minutes, and then give him a chance later on. See, I bring Joe on because he brings the nice stats, but the positive ones, Blake. And you just hit us with that one right before we. You know, someone's got it. Someone's got it. Yeah, someone's got it. Bring that sort of balance to the team, haven't they, Blake? How Balance to the force. Exactly. Right, so Pompey, as we very well know, secured back-to-back home wins on Tuesday night with a 3-1 victory over informed Bolton Wanderers. But they'll now be turning their attention to a trip to the Abbey Stadium, where their opponents this weekend are Cambridge United. More on them now with Mason Jordan. After back-to-back home victories for the Blues, it's time to hit the road again. Destination, the Abbey Stadium. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. Pompey are on top of the world at the moment after pulling off an unexpected but very much welcome victory over Bolton Wanderers at Fratton Park in midweek. They remain 10th in League One, but there's still hope of a strong end to the campaign, with the playoff places still mathematically reachable. Cambridge United are the opponents this weekend as John Messino prepares his side for the first of two away matches in the space of just four days. Manager. 37-year-old Mark Bonner holds the head coach role at Cambridge United and has done since his appointment to the position on an initial temporary basis in January 2020, following the departure of his predecessor, Colin Calderwood. Bonner oversaw four consecutive wins across his first four games in charge and as a result was promoted to the position of head coach on a permanent basis in March of the same year. However, due to the curtailment of that season due to COVID-19, his first match as permanent boss didn't come for another six months when the U's knocked out Birmingham City in the Carabao Cup to kickstart the following campaign. Overall, Bonner has accrued a win percentage of 40.37%, having led Cambridge to 65 victories from 161 competitive outings throughout his three-year tenure. One to watch. Scottish midfielder Conor McGrandles is a threat to be keeping tabs on this weekend. The Charlton Athletic Loney, formerly of MK Dons and Lincoln City, joined the U's on an end-of-season loan on January 24th, so far making seven appearances but holding no goal contributions as of yet. McGrandles, who is now 27 years of age, joined Charlton from the aforementioned Lincoln as recently as last summer, but had failed to make much of an impact during the first half of this term, registering just nine appearances. Nonetheless, he poses a threat if he is able to bring back the form shown with his two previous clubs, for which he would often perform very well, particularly when the Blues were in town. Top scorer. Whilst both Joe Ironside and and Sam Smith have scored six league goals for the U's this season. It's Smith who claims the accolade of top scorer thus far, having also bagged one more in the FA Cup. The 24-year-old former Manchester United and Reading youth product hasn't scored, however, since the start of the year, last finding the back of the net nine matches ago. That was in a 2-1 defeat to Bristol Rovers on the 7th of January. Smith, who plays as a forward, has been at Cambridge since signing permanently in the summer of 2021, following his release from Reading. He had previously spent a season on loan at the Abbey Stadium during the 2019-20 campaign, during which he scored seven goals in 28 appearances. Current form. This time around, Pompey's opposition are in much worse form. 
form. The U's have secured just one league victory from their last 11 attempts. Mark Bonner's side are currently experiencing a major slide down the table, now sitting in 23rd position on just 29 points. Two points behind Morecambe, who hold the last remaining safe position in League One, heading into this weekend's action. Cambridge have lost two on the bounce without scoring prior to this meeting with Pompey, who themselves are on a run of four games unbeaten. Who will come out top in match date number 33 for the Blues at the Abbey Stadium? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. Thank you, Mason. Good question. Who will come out on top tomorrow afternoon at the Abbey Stadium? Pompey or Cambridge United? Score prediction time. Um, we're going to start off with Joe. Score prediction. Pompey, Cambridge. How's this one going? Cambridge are awful. <laughs> 3-1 Pompey. Fair enough. Thank you, Joe. I don't think we would have been this confident a few weeks ago, but we take it. Blake, score prediction? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> we're bad away. They're bad in general. Pompey have just got a big win for the, against Bolton. So we're going to look. No. 2 uh, 1 Pompey. Do you know what? Previous Pompey, you probably look at this one, given the fact we beat Bolton on Tuesday night, um, and you probably think, do you know what? We're going to all mess it up here against the team we should be beating in 23rd. Look, both of you lads, uh, Joe, Blake, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the Football Hour this evening. I'm sorry it's been cut short a little bit, um, but we've got a big Pompey women's game to preview um, after the break. That is, um, as far as the men are concerned, um, it's, I'm afraid. But after the break, we will be previewing uh, another match for the Blues this weekend. Jay Sadler's Pompey women back in action after 11 days off. We'll hear from Jay himself before seven, as well as Captain Dan Rowe, who's relishing the opportunity to lead the team out in a National Cup semi-final. We've never been in this position before. Um, you know, this is my fifth season at Portsmouth and we've never even been anywhere close to reaching a National Cup final. So, of course, that does come with added pressure. Of course, it comes with added nerves. But at the same time, we are just trying to see it as another game as much as you can. A closer look ahead to Sunday's clash with Nottingham Forest coming right your way here on the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5, a bus ticket that works when you do. For those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5. Bundles of five day riders for the price of four. And Flexi 10, bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back to the Football Hour here on Express FM. Uh, sponsored, of course, by Stagecoach Across the South. You can visit stagecoachbus.com for even more information on the services they can provide. You join us here on the third and final part of this evening's show. We've already uh, crammed in all of the review from Tuesday's 3-1 victory for the men over Bolton Wanderers. But now time to preview a big, big match for the Pompey women. They take on Nottingham Forest away from home on Sunday afternoon in the FA Women's National League Cup semi final and earlier this week I caught up with their captain Dan Rowe. Dan needless to say big big game coming up this weekend how has preparation been from the team? Yeah really good we um, had a good couple of sessions this week um, you know worked on a few tactical stuff obviously without going into too much detail or anything like that um, we've got a rough idea on how um, you know Jay and the coaching staff think that Nottingham Forest are going to set up so um, we've been working on ways to sort of um, counteract that as well um, but you know at the end of the day we are just going to go in and focus on our game play our game and hope that um, that's good enough 
Have there been any sort of maybe special sessions, either training or, or perhaps team bonding exercises this week, but perhaps maybe wouldn't be put together during your average sort of game week? Not particularly. Um, we are going overnight um, before the game on Sunday. So we are going up on Saturday, which obviously provides us with, with really good time to sort of get together as the team for, you know, for the whole length of the journey. I think it's about a three and a half, four hour drive. So, um, you know, that time that we have together, we always have such a good laugh. It really brings the team closer together. So in terms of the training sessions so far, not as such, but as I said, the, the overnight stay is always a really good um, team bonding sessions. There'll be a few initiations in there for new for the new players that have come in this season and, and things like that. So it it will set us in good stead going into Sunday for sure. Yeah. Now, obviously, a bump in the road in the shape of a defeat last time out to Watford. But prior to that, a very good run of form had developed and, and a surge to the top of the table. A spirit still high within the camp despite that loss. Yeah, definitely. You know realistically we knew as a team that we weren't going to go until the end of the season unbeaten you know it's just not realistic for anyone to think that whether you're a women's footballer whether you're playing for man city in the you know in the premier league it's just not realistic so um we knew it was going to come at some point and it was always going to be for us how we bounce back from that um so i think a break away from the league this weekend is a really good opportunity and probably couldn't come at a better time for us, to be honest, um, to kind of forget about the league for just a week or so and, and just really focus on Sunday because there's a cup final at stake. So, you know, we we can't be sitting around moping around the, the loss. Obviously, there was so much disappointment and frustration from that game. But we've just got to take that, that into Sunday and, and bounce back straight away. As a captain, how do you gear your side up to, I guess, head into the unknown a little bit, about to take on a team not in the same division, the same tier, but not in your league? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, the the teams in our league, we normally know a little bit about them or a few players will know a few players from, you know, the other team or they would have previously been around here or, or, you know, whatever. So going to Nottingham Forest, where we know absolutely nothing in terms of the players themselves, you know, what kind of pitch they play on, the crowds they get, anything like that. Personally, I think it works in our favour because we just know that we have to go out and give 100%. You know, sometimes in games that you play against perhaps lower opposition, teams can get complacent and you don't sort of play to your best of your ability. Whereas we don't know anything. We know that they're top of their league. So, you know, we know that they're going to be good. So we've just got to go out, play our game. Um, and I think that's the message that I'll personally just be sort of trying to promote within the team. Um play our game and I don't doubt that, that we'll come away with a good result but it's just a case of not underestimating them the Northern League you know we've heard is completely different in terms of you know ability physicality more than anything um, so we've just got to focus on us and and yeah see what happens Will pride be taken from this season's FA Cup run and perhaps some elements of the performance against the London City Lionesses too, considering you know they're playing in a higher division and Nottingham Forest this weekend, fortunate to be a professional outfit. Do you think you'll take the same sort of you know aspects of those games together? Yeah, definitely. You know, we were gutted that we we lost against against London City um, in the manner that it was only one nil. You know, we went into that game knowing how tough it was going to be, um, and to come away only one nil. Obviously, there's so many positives from that. You know, they're top of the championship, um, so for us to to be able to keep it to one nil was such an achievement for us. But then also on the other hand, we essentially came so close to you know 
taking it to extra time or taking it to a replay. So there's there's that kind of, you know, hit and miss between their feelings on that. But it's proven that we can compete with, you know, with the teams in the championship. So again, if if we play like that, then I have absolutely no doubt that that we'll be okay on Sunday. How's Jay been in the week to to build up to this game? Yeah, I mean, after the Watford game last Wednesday, um, we didn't have a game on Sunday, so it was a good time to for everyone, you know, players, staff, um, everyone just to kind of take a rest, take a breather. So I did take a little breather from speaking to Jay about football. We all need it at some point. You know, we, we spend so much time with each other, so much time talking about training sessions, games, everything. So having just a few days sort of away really helped. And I think it helped mentally prepare then for this Sunday because we weren't dwelling on, you know, on the Watford game. And I think probably the same would be said for Jay as well. But, you know, he's been himself. He's been gearing us up in training and made sure the intensity has been really high um, in the two sessions that we have had this week, giving us all the information that he can, you know, moving into Sunday. So he, you know, just like us, he really wants to win. He'd love to get to a cup final. So he's given it everything just as we are. And just finally, is the carrot of a National Cup final looming? Is it affecting the mindset and the build-up to the match, or is it just simply just another game? I think I'd be silly to pretend as if it doesn't add a little bit of extra pressure. Um, You know, at the end of the day, like you said, we've never been in this position before. Um, You know, this is my fifth season at Portsmouth, and we've never even been anywhere close to, to reaching a National Cup final. So, of course, that does come with added pressure. Of course, it comes with added nerves. But at the same time, we are just trying to see it as another as another game as much as you can. Um, it's always going to be in the back of people's minds. But, you know, there's so much to play for. And, and I genuinely think that we can get to a final. Great to catch up with Pompey women's captain Dan Rowe earlier this week out of what is a massive game against Nottingham Forest on Sunday. Right, time now to take a closer look at this weekend's opponents. It's once again Mason Jordan with the lowdown. There is a huge opportunity for Pompey women this weekend. They're just 90 minutes away from a place in a National Cup final. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. Jay Sadler's side have come from the shadows in the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division recently, claiming a big run of results to soar to the top of the division. They've also, this season, bowed out with pride to London City Lionesses in the FA Cup and put on some impressive displays in the FA Women's National League Cup in which they now find themselves in the semi-finals of. The Blues take on leaders of the Northern Premier Division of the National League, Nottingham Forest, with a place in the final on the 23rd of April up for grabs. Manager. Teesider Andrew Cook is the head coach of the Nottingham Forest women and has been so since his appointment to the role in the middle of 2019. Cook is a former student of Teesside University and graduated in 2010 with an honours degree in both sports and exercise sports studies. During his three years of education, Cook was a coach with the Middlesbrough Foundation, a role which came after experience in the game with Darlington as a youth development coach, as head coach of the Durham Women, and shortly before his move to Forest, as youth development coach at Sunderland. He also held roles at Arsenal and Oxford United, as well as having two spells with the Football Association. One to watch. Reds number nine, Yasmin Mosby, is one to watch out for this weekend. The former Concord University soccer team 
Cream and Doncaster Bells player agreed a professional contract with Forest last August and has since gone on to score 10 goals in 16 league games. Top scorer. Leading goal scorer of the Northern Premier Division, Charlotte Greengrass is of course Forest top scorer. So far this season, the striker has bagged 17 goals from 22 league appearances, 19 of which have been starts. Greengrass was on target as recently as Sunday when Forrest played host to Huddersfield Town, scoring twice in that meeting at Halbrook Stadium. Current form. Andrew Cook's side are top of the northern half of the third tier, accumulating 37 points from 15 matches so far, winning 12 and losing just the twice. Forest are five points clear of Wolves in second place, although their title rivals do have a game in hand and were victorious by three goals to one in last month's encounter between the two sides. Last time out, the Reds recorded a 3-0 victory at home to Huddersfield Town. That game saw top scorer Charlotte Greengrass claim a second-half brace after her namesake Charlotte Steggles had given the host the lead on the 20th minute. To reach this round of the FA Women's National League Cup, Forrest saw off Burnley in a 2-1 victory at the quarter-final stage. Can Pompey women secure victory and progression to the National Cup final? Or is this where the journey ends? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. Thank you, Mason Jordan, once again for taking a look into the Blues opposition. This time the Pompey women taking on, of course, Nottingham Forest on Sunday in the FA Women's National League Cup semi-final. Okay, we've heard a little bit about Nottingham Forest, Andrew Cook's side. We've heard also from Pompey women's captain Dan Rowe. But uh, now let's also hear from the head coach himself, Jay Sadler. I spoke to him shortly before coming on air air this afternoon. And we did preview Sunday's meeting with the Reds, but first touched upon his emotions after they were defeated by Watford last time out. Yeah, no, we, we took a lot of reflection from that game. Um, it was a difficult game. Watford are a, a very good side, very efficient with the, the way they move the ball. And um, we had to kind of revert um, our strategies um, within game. And I think we nullified a lot of what um, Watford threw at us. We're obviously disappointed the manner of the goals conceded when watching it back. We know we can do better. Um, so, yeah, we, we took a lot from it. Um, but I think we'll grow as, as a group. As you said, seven wins before that um, on the bounce, it, it put us in a real good position. And when coming up against the top team, you, you have to stay focused and concentrated throughout the 90. And you have to capitalise on big moments. And we didn't do that. So we'll learn from it and we'll ensure that when the big moments do come in, in the games we've got coming up, um, that we're the ones uh, taking them. Yeah. Now, that match was quite some time ago. In fact, almost 11 days will have passed by the time kickoff comes around on Sunday. Whereas Nottingham Forest were in action last Sunday. There's not a lot in it, admittedly. But do you think that perhaps having those extra few days to prepare will come as a, as a benefit or maybe even in some ways a disadvantage? Well, sometimes you look at it and, and you think... Um, as soon as you, you, you've obviously lost the game, um, you want to get back out on the pitch as soon as possible. But I felt after that and, and, and what, the game, what the, the game entailed in terms of the physical output, I felt the weekend off uh, came at a really good time came at a good time to reflect, to re-energise and, and to get us back ready. Um, uh, we obviously, was, it took a lot out of us, that Watford game, emotionally as well as physically. So we've had a, a good opportunity, as I said, to rest up, to recover. Um, and then we've gone into this week with, with a fresh mindset, with an opportunity to right the wrongs in another tough test. Uh, it's, we're playing the Northern um, leaders. Um, they're a good team. I, I managed to get up there last weekend and, and have a watch of them. Um, they play some real good football. Again, similar to Watford, they're very efficient with the ball, the way they way they move it, got a clear identity. So it's going to be an interesting 
interesting game. But both teams like to score goals. So um, I think whoever keeps the clean sheet and, and defensively is, is tight or, or have the upper hand. Mm. Now, we've heard from your skipper, Dan Rowe, about how the team have built up for this one. But how have you been preparing, both physically and mentally? Yeah, well, this week we, we've come back in and we've really hit them hard. Um, on the Tuesday, um, down at the training ground, we, we were able to do a really intensive session um, working on our transitions. Um, when, when watching them, I think it's going to be a game where there's going to be a lot of spaces. And if we can capitalise um, on the on the spaces um, with fast attacks, then, then we feel like we can we can hurt them. And then on the Wednesday, we were able to, to look at a, a more 11 v 11, um, get some pitch geography, some human connections within the units, understand how we want to um, manoeuvre the football ourselves in order to be effective. Ultimately, we're, we're going there to try and win the game. That's what we want to do. Um, we feel obviously our, our defensive um, res- kind of our defensive structure of late's been really good um, within our high press, and, and we want to maintain that energy. We want to take the energy and take our intensity to them, and, and I think that will surprise them. I think when looking, obviously, it's a good opportunity for an acid test again. Against the Northern team. Yeah. Can't remember the, well, I think it's about five years ago since we last played a Northern team in Blackburn. And there are differences between the Northern teams and the Southern team. So, um, yeah, we, we want to go there. We're, we're full of energy. We've got nothing to lose, everything to gain. And being in a position where we're in a cup semi final, it's obviously exciting. Yeah. What has it been like doing your homework and trying to understand the kind of challenge that lies ahead in Nottingham Forest? You mentioned there they are a side you typically not be um, preparing for. You went to saw a game last. Sunday but how have you been able to you know really push those sort of messages to your team yeah well I think the biggest message is be us can we be brave and can we bring the best version of us because I feel if we bring the best version of us then we can compete against any team we proved it against London City Lionesses who are obviously leaders of the, the league above and we proved that in the FA Cup when we bring our best version so this week the messages have been about us about how we want to play how can we be efficient with our press um, how we can tailor a few strategies um, to obviously um, take to, to Nottingham Forest but when we have the ball can we be brave can we have runners from deep can we can we utilise the football switch it and everything we do that that's what we need to do. Um, as you alluded to there, it was a great opportunity to go up and watch them. Hmm. And as I said, they have a clear identity and they're very possession-based, the way they want to move the football. They've got some really good attacking players, um, two eights in the middle of the park, full of energy. So we've got to bring that too. We've got to bring the energy. They're the home team, so the onus is on them and, and we're going there for the upset. Obviously, there is still a long way to go in the league and it's shaping up to be an interesting end to the campaign. But how important is it to not get too tied up in the focus on this game when there's so much at stake in the league? Or is full focus on Forest? Yeah, all focus uh, focuses on Forest. We're forgetting the league. It's probably come as a welcome distraction. The pressures of the league week in, week out, mm. making sure that you, you maintain them levels because if you don't, another team will sneak in and win. That's that's the competitive nature of the top four that we're in right now. As soon as you give an inch, a team will take a mile because there's so much quality within our league. So, yeah, I think this week we've literally gone, no, let's part the league for a minute. And this is a welcome distraction. We want to go to a cup final. We want a cup final. We want to book that for our fans. We want to take them there. And, yeah, we are putting some expectation on us to try and get there. We know we've got the quality um, if we go out and, and all the cogs kind of click within the system. And then as soon as this game's over, 
we'll obviously reflect and analyse accordingly and then we'll get back into the league because as you say there's the six league games left um, for us Portsmouth Football Club to be in a position in March where we're still in a title race we're still in the National League Cup we're in a Hampshire Cup semi-final a Portsmouth Divisional Cup semi-final <laughs> um, we're fighting on all cylinders and uh, you said that at the start of the season we obviously would have taken it so we're enjoying the moment we're enjoying the ride and, and we've just got to go there with, with confidence with belief and and, and knowing that we can and we can cause an upset mm-hmm. and just finally Jay in terms of injuries and suspensions are there any concerns that fans need to know of heading into the weekend no just just the same ones Mia Radaway she's come back in um, which is great five months um, out um, she came back and, and obviously um, elongated a knee against Crawley in the in the um, determining round of this competition. She came back into training around Christmas time and aggravated it. But she's been back in playing some development, uh, some football for our development team. So she's probably two, maybe three weeks away from first team. Emma Jones, who, who injured her ankle against Bowers and Pitsy before Christmas in the FA Cup, she's probably a couple of weeks off off training with the group as well. But apart from that, um, Ali Hall, who's ineligible, she played in a previous round against Stoke City. But apart from that we've we've got a full um, selection it's been a few headaches as you can imagine when, when you've got a squad of 16 um, to take to Forest and, and there's 18 or 19 players available um, but ultimately it's about selecting the right players that we feel are going to go and execute the game plan and, and hopefully um, bring back a win to the South Coast There we are then Pompey women head coach Jay Sadler um, previewing their trip to Nottingham Forest for Holbrook Stadium will welcome the Blues on Sunday afternoon 2 o'clock kickoff, and you can actually catch Pompey live here on Express FM we're covering the game live from Nottingham from 1pm with all of the build-up and then myself and Henry Deacon will be delivering to you live exclusive commentary of that match. You can still book your tickets on the Coach Tooth match. That is leaving at 8 o'clock in the morning on Sunday all the way up to Nottingham. Adults are £30, under 18s, £25. Uh, still a couple of seats left on that coach. It's a long journey up to Nottingham, but you can get it for a very good price um, by heading to the Pompey Shop, the ticket office, tomorrow morning. If you still uh, are running and iron about going, please do so. You can still get your tickets tomorrow morning. Right. Pompey Live is a double weekend for the show this weekend. We start off at the Abbey Stadium for the men against Cambridge United. All the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. Pompey came back from behind to put three past a strong Bolton side. It's in for the net! Riley Powell has done it again! There's the final whistle. Portsmouth have beaten Bolton by three goals to one. Up next, Pompey are away to Cambridge United. Can they keep this impressive run of form going? Join us for all of the unmissable action Saturday from 2pm. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. So a double helping of Pompey Live this weekend. 2pm we start off tomorrow afternoon for the men's trip to the Abbey Stadium. They take on Cambridge United. Myself and Robbie James bringing you all of the build-up and of course the half-time analysis post-match reaction of that one to see if the Blues can record a third successive victory in League One. And then of course on Sunday it is arguably uh, the, the big one. It is Pompey women away to Nottingham Forest in the FA Women's National League Cup semi-final. Jay Sadler's side are just 90 minutes away from a National Cup final. And that will be played at Burton Albion's Peretti Stadium in April. But 90 minutes to get through past Nottingham Forest leaders of the Northern Premier Division of the third tier. So plenty to come on a football-packed weekend here on 93.7 Express FM. 
You can listen back to this evening's show either at 4 o'clock tomorrow morning live here on 93.7 Express FM or you can head over to our website or even Spotify to replay tonight's instalment of the Football Hour or listen back to any other previous show. You can also hear the pre-latch interviews on a separate entity from Danielle Rowe and Jay Sudler on the Express FM website tomorrow. But until then, Pompey fans, I'll see you at the Abbey Stadium at 2 o'clock on Saturday. It's been a pleasure to welcome you here on the Football Hour this evening. Take care, play out Pompey and have a fantastic weekend.